Ghosts of Christmas Presents, a seasonal story, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 12 Benedict Nail finds himself once more in the elevator in the Library of Ghosts, but this time his journey is only one floor. The young woman in spectacles, who is waiting for him in the lift, puts him out in a dim corridor with peeling wallpaper and sticky lino underfoot, smelling of stale tobacco and disappointment. There are limp Christmas decorations hanging from the ceiling. Tinsel dangles down the wall, and a foil star turns listlessly in the still air. Third door on your right, says the young woman. Then the gate on the lift rattles back again, and she is gone. Benedict is aware that this is an unwelcome comparison to the chummy clubbiness of Mr. Cardiman's office, but he is also aware that this is how businesses work. He is finally in a world he understands and recognises. Opulence for the top and dreary penny-pinching for the rest. Promise at the start and disappointment ever after. This has been Benedict Nail's life and he is glad to see it again. The third door on the right has the name Christopher Twelve Trees on it, and under that, Private investigations. Benedict knocks, but no one replies. He stands for a moment in the damp corridor, listening to the muffled voices and distant typewriters. No one comes and no one goes. The elevator rattles somewhere in its shaft. He decides to take charge and opens the door. Sure, says a bored voice. Just let yourself in, why don't you? No need to bother about anyone else's privacy. I'm sorry says Benedict, entering the office. No, you're not, says the voice. It belongs to a book cover illustration of a private eye, an empty shoulder holster and a loosened tie with a garish pattern, a slouch hat and a pint of rot gut, a cigarette drooping from a cruel mouth, a face like a hoagie Carmichael who's been in a traffic accident. I was uh, told to come in here, says Benedict, who knows what his instructions were and is not going to be put off. Well, you're in now, says the shamus. Why not have a seat, have a cigarette, have a drink, take it all? It doesn't seem like I can stop you. I have been asked to join the library, says Benedict, sitting down in a threadbare chair opposite the detective, by Mr. Cardiman himself. By Mr. Cardiman himself, mimics the dick. Well, ain't we the golden boy? Listen, Mac. It's my job, given to me by Mr. Cardiman himself, to process new entrance to the library, and if you don't like how I do it, I suggest you write me a letter. This desk is unsteady and I need something to shove under the leg. The trappings might have been a novel, the seedy office, the drawl, the neon flashing through the slats of a Venetian blind, but Benedict recognized precisely where he was, in the office of a mid-level functionary in an uncaring corporation who knew he was never going to advance any further, suspected he didn't deserve to, and was thoroughly fed up with the whole performance. It could have been his own office. He settles down into his chair cheerfully. It creaks a little. And now he's demolishing the place, says the detective. Shall we get on? says Benedict, patiently. I thought you had a job to do. Keen, aren't we? says the man, flipping open a manila folder on his desk. Well, let's start with how you died, okay? Oh, uh, I didn't, says Benedict. I, I haven't. Not yet. 
The private eye, who is wearily hunting for a pen in his desk drawer, stops and looks up. Not dead, he says and shakes his head. What's the point of a detective if you ain't got a corpse? Uh, I'm uh, dying, uh, apparently, says Benedict. I fell over and uh, I suspect I hit my head. It's never the fall that kills you, only the landing, says the detective, trying to write with a dead biro and then flinging it across the office where it clangs into a tin waste paper bin. Accident, or did you have a little help on the way down? Uh, accident, I think, says Benedict. Uh, I was quite alone, uh, apart from my cat, although now I know it better, I wouldn't be surprised if it had tried to kill me. The odd thing is, though, I, I can't quite remember what actually happened. And that, chum, is where I come in, says the detective, finding the stub of a pencil in the breast pocket of his shirt. So you were alone? Where? In my living room. Uh, in, in this living room, says Benedict, waving his hand at the window. All right, your highness, no need to show off, says the detective. We all had living rooms once, when we were living. What were you doing there? I was talking to my brother, says Benedict, suddenly remembering. Uh, I had just been talking to my brother on the phone uh, about Christmas. What about Christmas? Oh, he's, he's always trying to get me to go to their house for Christmas with all his uh, screaming kids and nagging in-laws. He made that bed for himself, and he can lie in it himself, as far as I'm concerned. Of course, I couldn't go this year, so he wanted a Zoom call. If there's a, just one thing worse than being stuck in a room with somebody else's family yelling over each other, it's being stuck on a video call with somebody else's family yelling over each other. Aren't they your family? says the detective, looking up at Benedict from under the brim of his hat. Well, te technically, yes, says Benedict, momentarily discombobulated, and then changing the subject... There was a present. There usually is at Christmas, says the detective, and that is precisely the sort of deduction for which I am paid. The, the woman upstairs gave me a present, a Christmas ornament. It was a, a little carved witch. I think it was supposed to be an apology. She'd been playing her music too loud, dreadful Christmas music, you know, and I, I complained, and then this wretched little thing turned up. A strange sort of thing to give me as a present. I can only assume she wanted shot of it. Uh, the cat said that the witch had cursed me. The cat said? My cat. Uh, I met it on the way here. Bad detectives, cats, said the private eye, given that the main skill of a detective, curiosity, is fatal to them. Still, they know their business, and I know mine. This present, was it wrapped? Was it wrapped? Benedict is taken aback by the question he genuinely can't remember. Uh, I'm not sure. They, they generally are. Presents are generally wrapped, says the detective, sucking on his pencil. OK, Mac, let's try this on for size. You complain to your neighbor about her playing Christmas music at Christmas, and she apologizes by giving you a Christmas present, which you don't want. Seasonal business. Anyway, it being the season, we might assume this present is wrapped. You unwrap it, you look at it, disgusted, and so on. Then you speak to your brother on the telephone, and this is the bit where I actually earn my money because I think you are so distracted by this phone call that you trip or slip on something, maybe even this wrapping paper, and you fall, and here we are in my office filling out a report. Well, that's brilliant, says Benedict. I, I'm, I'm sure of it. The detective scribbled something down in his manila folder. All caused 
by a witch's curse, says the detective as he writes. That's insane, says Benedict. That, that makes no sense. Oh, none at all, says the detective, looking up, which is why it's the only reasonable explanation for such nonsense. Oh, one more thing, he says, licking the tip of his pencil. If I could just take your name. Benedict Nail, says Benedict, without thinking, and then, as he watches the detective write it on the cover of the folder, he realizes that now it has been taken. He doesn't recognize it at all. You have been listening to The Ghosts of Christmas Presents, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Mellington. The music is The Path of the Goblin King by Kevin MacLeod of filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman. You can find more of our stories at christmasstories.co.uk or wherever you found this podcast and we'd be grateful if you could rate and review us while you're there as well. If you're feeling really generous, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash christmasstories where a subscription will get you versions of this story without all these annoying credits and lots of other exclusive material. But all we really want you to do is to listen to the next instalment of The Ghosts of Christmas Presents. (laughs) 